Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. All right, I'm excited about this new series, The Fruit of the Spirit. Y'all like Eric's voiceover for that video? I feel like that voice is the voice he used when he's trying to convince Sierra to buy something. So anyway, what we need is a new truck, right? <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Hey, I want to reiterate a few things. First of all, uh, the pastors will be out this week, okay? We are going to a pastor's conference, uh, and so uh, Pastor Tim, Pastor Cynthia, Pastor Eric, and myself uh, will be there. We'll leave first thing Monday morning. We will be back in time for Friday night fire. Some of us will be there, so we'll see you Friday night. What does that mean? It just means don't have any emergencies while we're gone, okay? Don't do that. No, we'll be available through text is the easiest way to get us. If you do have an emergency, call the church office and then they'll get a hold of us, okay? Because we're going to be in meetings and breakout sessions and all sorts of stuff. So um, we're really excited about it, um, uh, but uh, we, we do want to let you know uh, so that you have your expectations managed, okay? Um, so we are kicking off this through the Spirit. We already did. Um, the the gifts of the Spirit last month. Uh, I, I hope you listened to that. If you didn't, please go back and listen uh, to the messages and get caught up. Before I get started with this, though, I want to address, I, I don't always do this, but I felt like I needed to. Um, I wanted to talk about the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Uh, I know everyone's talking about it. It's been going on for a little bit now. And, and I, a few people have asked me, you know, how should Christians approach this? You know, some people are just devastated as they watch the news. Some people are just going on about their daily lives. And I wanted to read a scripture uh, that Jesus uh, said in Matthew 24, 6. He says this, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. All right, guys, war is guaranteed. It, the world that we live in is not safe. And I'd love to tell you that it was, but now in heaven, there won't be war, okay? But now there is. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it, guys, the word of the Lord for you. See to it that you're not alarmed. One translation says not afraid. See to it. Who sees to it? You do. You too. You do. Make sure that you're not afraid. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Do I believe that this is the end of the world? No. Why? Because the end is still to come. War is not by itself one of the signs that Jesus is coming back. That's, that's, that's clearly what he just said. Because these things are going to happen. Why, why must they happen? Because the world needs to see the results of sin. The world needs to experience what happens when we don't do things God's way. Okay, so what do Christians do during a time like this? We help, we pray, we remain informed, but we don't feed ourselves with so much news that it's all you can think about. You know, I know some of you guys, you keep 24-7 news on all the time at your home. I'm, I'm pleading with you, don't do that. 
Stay informed, but don't feed your spirit with that stuff. Feed your spirit with the word so that you can be a help. Okay, so I don't believe that Russia is the bear in Revelation. The bear, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. You can if you'd like to, uh, but but I do want to let you know that there have been many wars before this. There will be wars after this. Could this get really bad? It could, but God is really good, no matter what. Worst case scenario for me and you, if you're a believer, we get to go be with Jesus. Right? That's our ultimate perspective. So I just wanted to address that and and talk to you guys about that. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Today's message is called One Fruit, Nine Flavors. I'll I'll explain that in just a second. But uh, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, let me give you a definition of what the fruit of the Spirit is, and we'll go from there. The fruit of the Spirit is the various positive character traits displayed in the life of a believer that are the result of an ongoing, healthy relationship with God. Let's read that again. Take it in. I know it's kind of long. The fruit of the Spirit is the various positive character traits displayed in the life of a believer that are the result of an ongoing, healthy relationship with God. Now, notice... I put up there various positive character traits, various. See, being connected to God, there is evidence in more than one way. When you're connected to God as your source, it's going to result in multiple attributes, multiple traits in your life. It says various positive, but all of these traits and attributes are positive. Don't come up in here and be critical and say, well, it's just the fruit of the spirit. No, it's not. It's the fruit of your flesh, right? So, so the fruit of the Spirit, you can tell if it's from God because it's positive. It's a positive character trait. What do I mean by character trait? I've heard before, and maybe you've heard of this before, the difference between resume traits and eulogy traits. Has anyone heard of this? Resume traits and eulogy traits. What's a resume trait? It's something you put on your resume. It's something that you can do. Right. Well, this I'm very proficient with uh, office, the office suite with with Word and Excel, PowerPoint. Right. Put that on my resume. Please hire me. That's a resume trait. That's something you can do. But a eulogy trait. Remember, a eulogy is what you talk about at someone's funeral. A eulogy trait is not something that that you can do. It's who you are. Uh, You wouldn't get up in, in a funeral and say, well, you know. He was good at Excel. I mean, he had multiple tabs across the bottom. He highlighted everything, color-coded. He memorized the formulas. I mean, this guy was good at Excel. Like, you don't do that at a funeral, right? We don't talk about what they can do. We talk about who they were. So fruits of the Spirit are character traits. They're not resume traits. They're eulogy traits. Does that make sense? They're, they're, they're not just what you can do, but they are who you are. And it says, there are various positive character traits displayed in the life of a believer that are a result of an ongoing, healthy relationship with God. Ongoing. See, we should be looking for a pattern of behavior that is consistently present in all areas of our lives. That's what fruit is. It's a pattern. It's consistent 
So fruit of the Spirit is the result of an ongoing healthy relationship with God. Guys, the fruit of the Spirit cannot be learned in a classroom. And we're learning about the fruit of the Spirit over these next few weeks. But that doesn't mean you're operating in the fruit of the Spirit. You now have, will have knowledge about the fruit of the Spirit, but it's up to you as to whether or not you actually walk out and operate in the fruit of the Spirit. Right? So it's tied to your relationship with the Lord. Now I want you to notice one more thing before we move from this. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruits. It's the fruit. And that's why I like to think of one fruit, nine flavors. So I love trying different flavors of stuff. Like when those Coke machines came out where you could like put in your own flavoring, like I was so happy. I was too happy, right? Because it was so much fun mixing flavors and all that kind of stuff, right? I was the kid that went by and got a little bit of everything in their cup, right? Tasted horrible, but I just wanted to do that. Uh, and so I still to this day, I'm telling on myself, uh, my family, can they'll be here second service, they can confirm. If there's like candy that's multiple colors and especially multiple flavors, I have to have like one of each. Like I don't just grab a handful I'll, and I like to eat them like one at a time and, and savor the flavor of each individual one. So it's not like these are different fruits and, and it's not like... It's not like the gifts of the Spirit. Remember, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit determines which gift you have. And you're like, well, you know, I operate in prophecy, but I don't operate in tongues and interpretation, right? That's up to the Holy Spirit. But you can't say that about the fruit of the Spirit. Because everyone gets all the fruit. Everyone gets all the flavors. Everyone gets the fruit. There's different flavors, one fruit, and you get it. You can't say, well, you know, I move in peace, but I don't move in love. God doesn't do that for me. No, that's not true. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I exhibit faithfulness, but patience, nah, I'm not really worried about that one. God hasn't given that to me. Oh, he's trying. Okay? Because the fruit of the Spirit, it all comes as one. Do, do you see the difference? Okay? So, so you should be looking for all of the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to share a few things with you this morning about the fruit of the Spirit you should know, and then I'm going to share about how we bear fruit. Here's the first thing I want you to know, okay? You are bearing fruit right now in your life. You're bearing fruit. Everyone is. Galatians chapter 5 is where we get our, our passage we're going to be looking at for the rest of this series And we usually just start with the fruit of the Spirit. I'll get to the fruit of the Spirit, but actually that's not what Paul does not just start talking about the fruit of the Spirit. He actually starts talking about the fruit of the flesh. And he he compares it to the fruit of the Spirit. And so let's just read this whole passage, Galatians 5, 19 through 23. If you have the app in the sermon notes, the whole passage is here for you in the New Living Translation. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality... Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. Real quick, I want to pause on that one. You know, it's not like y'all are out there practicing the black arts, the magic arts, making potions, right? Not, okay, cool. I'm just making sure, all right? You're like, sorcery, but I wouldn't do. So the Greek word here is pharmakia. 
And yeah, it sounds like pharmacy because that's where we got that word. It actually has to do with substance abuse. And there is a, a correlation, a link between substance abuse and the spirit world. Why? Because the way you are affected by the spirit world, an unclean spirit, or the Holy Spirit, is by your agreement with that spirit's purpose. Well, when you're inebriated, when you're drunk, when you're high, when when you have taken some sort of, of medication or drug or whatever, you no longer possess the ability to say no to an influencing spirit. And that's why sorcery, witchcraft, something, it's tied, the word is actually having to do with medicine and drugs and substances. Isn't that interesting? It starts out as a work of the flesh. I just need to check out. I just need to get drunk and forget today. I just need to self-medicate, right? Starts like that, but then it ends up being a spiritual problem, okay? So sorcery, hostility. I love these sin lists. Let me, you know, the Apostle Paul, he would, he would occasionally give examples of the kind of behavior we're not supposed to engage in, and he tailored those for uh, the audience he was speaking to. And I, I, I don't know about you, but often I'm reading these sin lists, I'm like, that's, whoa, Paul, <laughs> Ooh, what are you talking about? Like, that's not me. And then you get to something like hostility, and you're like, oh, dang. I thought I was doing good. Hostility, quarreling, it's fighting, fighting with other people. No, uh, uh-huh. Anyone on social media? Yeah, quarreling. Jealousy, you ever wanted what someone else had? Outbursts of anger, you ever had an outburst of anger? No, never. Is lying in here? Selfish ambition, dissension, division. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Hey, parents of teenagers, it's in the Bible. No wild parties. And other sins like these. In other words, this is not an exhaustive list. Just because your sin wasn't listed doesn't mean you've got to pass, okay? (laughs) Didn't mention stealing. Still wrong, okay? Don't be that guy. And other sins like these, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, does that mean if you sin, you'll go to hell? No, that's not what it said. It said anyone living that kind of life on purpose, practicing sin, will not inherit the kingdom of God, will not inherit God's way of doing things. God's benefits, God's blessings, what happens when you're in right relationship with God, you won't get that. Life will hurt when you, when you live according to those fruits of the flesh. But, verse 22, here comes the fruit of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I love this line. There is no law against these things. What does that mean? There's no law against these things. It means no one is never never gonna ask you to not do these things. I have never, when I was a youth pastor, I never had a parent call me and say, hey, you need to do something with my kid. He is too patient. (laughs) 
I've never had a couple call me and say, look, we need couples counseling. She is so filled with joy, I can't handle it. And he's so full of peace, it's just, it's stupid. I've never had that phone call. There's no law against these attributes because everybody likes them and you can't get enough of them. Does that make sense? And so that's why he says, there's no law against these, right? You can always do these things. So in the coming weeks, we're going to categorize, I just read nine fruits of the spirit. We're actually not going to talk about them this morning. We're going to talk about the concept of the fruit of the spirit for the rest of this morning. But moving forward, uh, we, uh, I've, I've categorized these into three categories. Act like Jesus, treat others right, and grow up. There's going to be three fruits of the Spirit under each subheading. Act like Jesus, treat others right, and grow up. Okay? So we're going to be talking about these fruits of the Spirit in the coming weeks. But guys, you need to understand, you are bearing fruit. It's either fruit of the Spirit or fruit of of the flesh. Here's the other thing that scripture tells us about fruit. The type of tree you are determines the type of fruit you bear. The type of tree that you are determines the type of fruit that you bear. Now you know this, right? What 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 kind of fruit does an apple tree bear? I felt like it would have been louder. I felt like y'all would have been like apples, I know this one. Apples. Now, let's just try this again. Hold on. What kind of fruit does an orange tree bear? Yeah, A plus, A plus, smiley face sticker, you passed. We know that in the natural, right? It's the same with people though too. Check this out. Matthew 7, 15 through 20 says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them. Oh, this is so important. I mean, don't you want to be able to identify people who aren't who they say they are? All right, here we go. Jesus, son of God. Here he, he tells us you can identify them by their fruit. And in case you don't understand that, that is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Grapes come from grapevines. You don't pick them from thorn bushes, Right. Right, you, you don't for, uh, you don't see but bananas uh, coming from pear trees, right? It, the fruit determines the tree, right? A good tree produces good fruit. This is verse seventeen, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Ouch. Verse 20, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. See, trees, said it in the video that we watched in the beginning, trees can produce apples and oranges, but people produce actions and attitudes. Your words, what you do, how you act, who you are, this is your fruit. You are bearing fruit, and it determines the type of tree. So that means that we need to pay attention to our actions, right? Now, let me point something out to you. Um, sometimes scripture, when it's translating the Greek into English, uh, sometimes they, they do their best. But I want to point out where there could be more accuracy. And I encourage you, anytime I show you stuff like this, you not only have the right, I think you have the responsibility to check up on me and make sure I'm not lying. 
So you should, you should check up and make sure I'm not lying to you. Verse 17, we read it. It says, a good tree produces good fruit. Okay, good, good. Those are not the same word in the Greek. A good tree produces good fruit. They're the same in English, good, good, but they're not the same in Greek. Same with a bad tree produces bad fruit. They're not the same word in Greek there either. Okay? The ESV gets it the closest. English Standard Version says, so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Let me show you what the actual Greek says. It says, healthy trees produce pleasant fruit. Pleasant, admirable. If you're going through the grocery store and you're looking at apples and you're like, wow, this one's got like a hole in it where there was a worm. No, that's gross. And you look for one that looks good. It doesn't have any bruises, right? The skin's intact on it. It's pleasant. It's another word for this Greek word is admirable. Oh, this is good, right? So a healthy tree or a healthy person produces admirable or pleasant fruit, or admirable and pleasant actions, activities, attitudes, right? And a bad tree produces bad fruit. Well, you can read it this way. A rotten tree produces diseased fruit. And you know that already, right? If a tree is not healthy, the fruit won't be healthy either. And so that's what he's saying. Look, it's not just trees. It's people as well. If there is corruption and and, and, and uh, just nastiness on the inside, uh, then it's going to produce diseased fruit. One, trans, one way to translate that Greek word is annoying. Annoying fruit, right? You ever picked up an apple, picked up a grapefruit, picked up an orange, picked up some sort of fruit, and you look at it and it's got mold and it's all nasty and gross, juicy on the bottom, and you're like, ah, oh, that's annoying. See, so... So we need to make sure we understand. It's not just good, good, bad, bad. It's actually more than that. It has to do with health. It has to do with the health of the tree. That means we need to test ourselves, guys. We need to be honest with ourselves because healthy trees don't produce rotten fruit. Now, let me just balance that out for a second. If you're feeling condemnation right now, you're thinking, oh no, I'm a diseased tree. We're going to talk about in a little bit the concept of pruning. The whole tree, just because there's some disease, doesn't mean you throw the whole tree out. It means you prune it. So don't let the enemy get in there and bring condemnation. I know you're not perfect. I'm not either. Chill out. We're going to keep on with the message, okay? But don't think, oh, no, okay? We're, We're getting there. We're getting there. The next thing I want you to know about fruit is that you are called to oversee your own fruit production. You are called to oversee your own fruit production. If your life is an orchard, you are the foreman. You are the supervisor of that orchard. You are supposed to be tending to the growth of your own fruit. Philippians 2, 12 says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation. Now notice it does not say work out your salvation. Jesus already did all the work. Okay? He did everything that you need to be saved, but you work out your salvation. What does that mean? See, when you're saved, God made your spirit new. The spirit on the inside of you was made new. Boom, just like that. But your flesh is still your flesh. 
So you now have a job to get what God put inside on the outside. That's spiritual growth. It's also called sanctification, by the way. Salvation is instant. Sanctification takes time. So it's your job to get the fruit, to get the good stuff, to get the God stuff inside of you, deposited in you when you became a Christian, outside. That it works its way out. That's what he means by work out your salvation. It's not work at your salvation. There's no more work to be done for your salvation. You work it out. I love the way the Amplified puts it. Same verse, Philippians 2.12 in the Amplified. The Amplified uh, defines uh, the original, it's almost like a, a, a thesaurus. It, it defines uh, you know, word options within the verse. So it makes for a much longer verse. It says, work out your salvation, that is, cultivate it, bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation. Man, we have to have critical self-evaluation. Am I really who I say I am? Who I am behind closed doors, is it, is, it, is it what I present to everyone else? That's a hard question, right? And you're not always gonna get it right. If your first reaction is, yeah, it might not be. Because it takes critical evaluation. We have to be our own fruit inspectors. You ever notice the little stickers on the fruit in the grocery store? You know, you know, someone put that on there. Someone looked at it and goes, okay, that's good. Put the sticker on, okay? You're your own fruit inspector. You need to be looking, you know, when you blow up at a family member for no reason, it happens, doesn't it? Well, guess what? Go ask forgiveness. Do some self-evaluation. Admit that you were wrong to them. Parents, one of the most amazing things you can do for your children is apologize to them and ask them to forgive you when you're wrong. They'll never forget it. And, and, and be a fruit inspector, be honest with yourself, and then ask the Lord to help you change your behavior. Here's the next thing I want you to know. Your fruit is not only for you, but for others. Now, we talked about this with gifts of the Spirit. Remember, gifts of the Spirit aren't for you, they're through you. Well, the fruit of the Spirit, there is some benefit to having the fruit of the Spirit, right? I mean, one of them is self-control. We'll talk about that moving forward. There is benefit to having fruit of the Spirit, but it is not only for you. You ever seen an apple tree eat its own apple? That'd be kind of weird, right? It's standing there, apples. He goes, no, they don't eat their own apples. We eat apples. And so in the same way, our fruit is not only for, 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 for us, it's for others. You know, some Christians use their giftings and their callings for their own glory. They're eating their own fruit. They're eating their own fruit. Some Christians don't think their fruit is good enough, so they hide it and it gets rotten. They're eating their own fruit too. They're actually just wasting their fruit. Your fruit is for other people. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, let your good deeds, your fruit, shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Here's what's cool. Why does this matter? Why do we want to show fruit for others? What makes a fruit a fruit is that the seeds are on the inside. Inside of every single piece of fruit is the ability to grow more fruit. And it's the same with fruit of the Spirit as well. 
When you share that word of kindness, when you display patience and self-control, when you show someone love, when you export your peace and give it to someone else, your joy and give it to someone else, your faithfulness, you are actually giving the opportunity for the same fruit to grow in their lives because fruit has seeds. When you display your fruit, it enables the potential for others to have the same fruit. I love that. Inside each word you speak, each act of service, each godly attitude is the potential for the same fruit to grow in someone else's life. Don't hide your fruit. Don't eat your fruit. It's for others as well. Amen? Last thing I want you to know before we talk about how to bear fruit is that God bought your fruit. He bought your fruit. If in the grocery store of life, there you are, your little bag of apples, maybe your blueberries, grapes, bing cherries, whatever you are, right? Whatever the Lord's working on, uh, in you. He's a man, I want that one. I want that one. John 15, 16, Jesus says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. You could not respond in love to the father until he first loved you, right? Isn't that what scripture says? And so he said, look, I chose you. He's talking to his 12 disciples. I chose you guys. Matthew, I said, come follow me. You didn't say, I want to follow you. He made the first advances, right? You didn't choose me, I chose you, and I appointed you, why? To go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Guys, your purpose on earth is tied to your fruit production. Your sense of meaning is tied to your fruit production. It's really important. Producing fruit gives meaning to your life because even though we all get these nine and even more fruits of the Spirit, they're going to seem a little bit different, right? They're variations of apple, variations of orange, variations of, of grapes, right? Some purple grapes or red grapes, some are green grapes. That's, they're grapes, though. And so... Your fruit is unique. Your fruit is needed. You know, y'all know, y'all know a tomato's a fruit, right? Wouldn't it be easy for the tomato to be like, I'm just a tomato. No one, <laughs> no one puts me in fruit salad. <laughs> but you don't, want, you don't want a mango on a hamburger, do you? No. Nah. I mean, they're starting to put pineapple on a lot of stuff like pizza. Y'all stop that, okay? In Jesus' name. (laughs) Right? See, a tomato tomato is great in a salad. We use it all. It's like the third most, the the most um, uh, used fruit in the world is mango. In the U.S., it goes back and forth between apples and bananas. Like, it switches all the time. And then tomatoes, about the third, sometimes fourth, most eaten fruit. I mean, think about it with ketchup and, and sauces and stuff like that. We use tomatoes all the time. It doesn't taste like the other fruit, but it's important. It serves a purpose, right? So God bought your fruit. 
Y'all ever heard the phrase, God wants spiritual fruit, not religious nuts? <laughs> it's true. He wants you to bear fruit. And your fruit's going to look a little bit different than someone else's, and that's okay. He bought it on purpose. Amen? So how do you bear fruit? How do you bear fruit? How, how do we get this this inside stuff, what God has put inside of it. How do we work out our salvation? How do we get the fruit that God put in us out, right? It's two things. It's, it's fairly simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Because honestly, God does a lot of the work. He does most of the work. Your, your job is to, is to be willing to let him do his work. But I, I've got it broken down in two steps, okay? It's really easy. Here's the first one. Stay attached to the source, Fruit will not grow when it's not attached to the source. That is your number one goal. You have to contend, struggle for, fight for intimacy with God. Jesus said, John 15, four through five, remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that doesn't seem fair. Lord, I can do a little something, right? No, nothing. Just a little teeny something? Nothing. Without him, you can do nothing. Nothing of any significance. Nothing of any spiritual importance. You, we've got, we have to be plugged into the source. I feel like so many Christians are struggling, trying to pop out fruit. They're like, you're going to hurt yourself. It comes from not your hard work. It comes from being attached to God. Instead of trying so hard to show everyone your fruit, go close the door, lock it, turn on the lights, put on worship music, and start praying until you can't stand it anymore. That's going to produce fruit. That's going to that's going to help you be connected to the source. You wouldn't expect a severed branch on the ground if you just saw a branch on the ground. You wouldn't expect it in a few weeks later to bear fruit, would you? That'd be crazy. It's dead. It's separate. It's separated from the source. So your number one job is to remain connected to the source, to remain. He says, remain in me. Other translations say, abide with me. Another one says, dwell. That's where dwelling is where you live. Abide, remain, and dwell in me. How, guys, time it takes time. I can't give you a quick fix here. I can't tell you, okay, look, so if you do it this way, this way, then you can, whoop, you can do that. It, it's, it just takes time. Time that you feel like you don't have. It takes that time. That's how you do it. So, well, do I listen to worship? Sure. Do I read the Bible? Absolutely. Do I hang out with other Christians? Yep, that's fellowship. Yep, that's it. Do I pray to God? Yep, talk to him all the time. What's the sequence and what's the, just spend time. You gotta be connected to the source. That's the key, that's the secret sauce. 
If you want to bear fruit, by the way, whoever else you spend time with, you'll bear that fruit as well. Right? Spend time around angry people, you'll you'll also begin to bear anger. Fearful, fear, anxious, anxiety. You see? That's how that works. Last thing. How do we bear fruit? We stay attached to the source and we embrace pruning. Embrace pruning. Remember I told you, no one's got this perfect. No one's tree is like perfectly, you know, it, it has issues. We all have issues. What is pruning? Pruning is not punishment, but it's a way to produce more fruit. It's not punishment. When, when, when a gardener begins to cut back on a tree, it's not because he hates the tree or he's mad at the tree or the tree's doing anything wrong. He's making space for better blooms to come. John 16, I'm sorry, 15, verse 2, Jesus says, He, the Father, cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. See, pruning removes what's dying, what's diseased, and what's delaying your spiritual growth. You have to embrace pruning. James said, let patience have its perfect work in you. Let, let it have, it's working in you. It's doing stuff in you. See, when you're put into situations where you're not happy, where things aren't going the way you want it to, it actually helps you. What if your frustrations, disappointments, and annoyances were just God's pruning working in you so you'd bear more fruit? What if the person in your office this drives you crazy? God put there to cut away attitudes in you that are hindering your growth. Guys, some of you are trying to pray away stuff because it's uncomfortable and it hurts you, but God's trying to prune stuff away because it helps you. You're trying to get him to remove uncomfortable things from your life, and he's like, no, I need to leave that there because you're going to be terrible if I don't. You know this, right? This is, how, this is how good parenting works. You gotta embrace pruning. God used it, now look, just, it's not car wrecks and cancer. God's not an abusive father. But he does let you go through these frustrating times and deal, deal with, with all of these things that, that bother us and disappoint us and discourage us. He's like, will you come to me in this? Come on, I'm the source. I want, and you need to bear fruit, but we got to cut this part off. It's diseased. You let, you let some parasites in, right? You got to embrace pruning. It's not fun. No one said it was, but it is necessary. It grows you up. And it's so, but Lord, I'm already producing fruit. That's exactly what the scripture said. It's the people who are producing fruit that go through pruning. Why? So you can produce even more. Embrace pruning as you cling to the source. Are you bearing the fruit of the spirit? You are to some degree. I mean, every one of you to a degree. Yeah. Are there Dying parts of your branches, diseased parts of your branches that need to be pruned? Yeah, me too, all of us, right? So what do we need to do? We need to ask for help. We need help with this, don't we? Yeah, so let's stand and ask.
Close your eyes. Ask the Holy Spirit the question I just asked you. Am I bearing the fruit of the Spirit? Am I bearing the fruit of the flesh? What do you feel in this moment when you ask that question? Thank you, Lord. Speak to us, God. Show us who we really are, God. I want to lead you in a prayer where we ask for help in tending our fruit production, where we get honest with ourselves about what kind of tree we are. If you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that you love me. I know that you purchased me through your blood. But scripture says, You bought me for my fruit. So I give you permission to take my life and use me in the way that you see fit. I want to bear good fruit, pleasant fruit, fruit that helps others and fruit that helps me. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to move in my heart, prune away the parts that aren't productive so that I can bear more fruit. My life is yours. Everything I am, everything I have. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.